What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new film where Michael B. Jordan makes his directorial debut. That's right, we're reviewing Creed 3 for the 3FN Movie Club Review. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Starting with the man who just this past weekend worked so much that he thought he was punch drunk, but it wasn't really punch drunk, he was just drinking some punch that made him drunk. That's right, we're talking about Ron. If you call what I did over this weekend working, so be it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, hey, uh, as far as the government is concerned, it was working. (laughs) Uh, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nod, nod. We don't want to get you in trouble. uh, Because, hey, listen, we're taking that money either fucking way is all I'm saying. (laughs) And, of course, the man who doesn't need an introduction yet has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Sometimes Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. Oh, don't worry. I dusted off that beaver. Oh, you <laughs> finally got over. Ah, he still gagged. Oh. He tried. He tried to get us to stop, but he gagged. <sighs> Man, that dusty beaver really took you out. <laughs> oh. That's not all the dusty beaver did to him, Ron, if you give, you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm just saying, wink, wink, nud, nudge, nod, nod. And uh, with that, Ron, how has been your week? Uh, the week's been a week. As I've said before, it was one of those things here in Binghamton was parade weekend on Saturday. So it's either a really good weekend or a really bad weekend, depending. And with that pending snowstorm, which didn't drop nearly as much as everybody thought it was going to, thank God, it was just kind of a mellow weekend for me. I was going to say, you got a, you got a lucky break there. Yeah, I got only, a lucky break only four hours overtime on Saturday. So ah, There you go. Yeah. Uh, Diesel, how was your week? Well, woke up Saturday not being able to hear because of a middle ear infection. Here at Dragon Master Games, we had 50 people for a popper tournament. Sounds like fun. Saturday was hell. <laughs> Sunday was a lot quieter, got a lot of sorting done, but I worked all throughout the weekend, and I still can't hear. Life sucks. Yeah, well, sorry about that, and uh, hopefully that hearing comes back in the not-too-distant future. Of course, uh, my week was uh, a week as well. I mean, and for the most part, very good. Went to see the movie on Thursday with, uh, with the group of us. Well, uh, Ron couldn't make it because of work, but it was uh, myself and Diesel and Ken M and our good friend Jeff all joined us. We had a nice little movie. That's our little movie group for the most part. Uh, missing, we were only missing Ron. Trust me, we missed you. We, we wished you were there sitting next to us. I know. But then, uh, of course, on Saturday, watch the UFC fight, the return of John Jones. Of course, we're from the 607, so, of course, uh, it's always great to hear uh, from Albuquer- Albuquerque, New Mexico, by way of Endicott, New York. Yeah. Uh, we all, you always a little mark out for that a little bit, and uh, it was nice to see him win. Hopefully, he can keep his uh, nose clean, <laughs> uh, allegedly, <laughs> or however we have to put that, because I don't want to get sued. His but, other uh, parts cleaned. 
You know, you know him and the cocaine bear and Tony Khan have something in common, allegedly. Uh, so hopefully that stays away and he uh, continues to do well. Great upset victory for uh, Alexa Grasso. Congratulations as she defeated Valentina Shimchenko in a, what can only be seen seen as an upset. It was amazing. Uh, on top of that, then me and Ken M watched uh, the AE Dubs uh, Revolution pay per view. And listen, I was going into it very low bar, but uh, it ended up being a good uh, night. So I'm, I'm not too upset about that. And if you want to hear more about pro wrestling make sure you tune into 607 TWS as there's the first of many shameless plugs well we hope everybody listening also had a good week we hope everybody's doing fine but before we can jump into the show and that's what you're really here for we need to take care of that business we need to hit up those shameless plugs of course if you want to know anything about the 3FN Podcast, use simple. Just go to 3FNPodcast.com. There you will find our Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can get tons of bonus content. You'll find all of our social media links, the Public link, friends of the show like Ken M's ODPH Podcast, and so much more. All is at that one-stop shop, 3FNPodcast.com. While you're there, check out the musical directory that features Shout at the Robots, the band's who does the theme song for the 3FM podcast every week. The song is called Fail Better. Make sure you're supporting them and the other bands over on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Also, while you're there, check out that sponsor page because they are the people who help us bring this show to you every week, commercial-free. First of all, big shout-outs to our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. Of course, for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Next up is our good friends over at Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and would like your car to look showroom fresh, Diesel, who do you call? Call 607-644-3389. And that's right. When you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Next up, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Tons of celebrities are going to be there. Lots of opportunities and tickets are on sale now for all ticket information. Who's going to be there as far as vendors and celebrities and so much more visit them at sci-fi horrorfest.com and last but certainly not least is the official energy drink of the 3fn podcast and that is dubby energy drink dubby visit them on the web find out about all their great flavors sampler packs are back how long for i don't know because they seem to be selling out of them quick which means to me that it's awful damn popular so make sure you go to dubby d-u-b-b-y dot g-g and order some stuff today and at checkout put in the promo code 3FNPOD that's right the number 3FNPOD for 10% off and if you like what you get at Dubby and you want to rebuy you can use that promo code 3FNPOD each and every time for 10% off thank you Dubby Energy for being a sponsor as well as Sci-Fi Horror Fest Dragon Master Games and Rex 2 Rods Auto Detailing and thank you for allowing us not to do commercials You know, I say it's always commercial free every week, but isn't that technically a commercial or is the plugs not a commercial? I don't even get the vote on that. Not a commercial. I was going to say, because it's just plugs. Yeah. Yeah. Commercials are just plugs. We're, we're, we're shamelessly plugging the information, but there's no marketing behind it. And honestly, what we're really plugging is 3FNPodcast.com, shill, baby, shill, because you can stream, you know, the, the show from there. You can check out all the information for 607TWS and 3FN Podcast. You know, and it makes it a lot easier than telling all our socials and everything else. But on top of that, those sponsors really do help bring you the show. And of course, our sponsors over on Patreon, that's why they get a shout out. Because for as little as $1 a month, they get a ton of extra bonus content and support the show. So they're the, I think that they're... 
probably the second biggest sponsors only behind Dragon Master Games. Yeah. When at the end of the day. So we thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. Yes, that's a shameless plug, but it's also for real. We love those guys and uh, gals over there. So continue it up. And if you'd like to join, lots of stuff on the way. Uh, I know that uh, the 3FN horror show this month is going to be the original Scream uh, because Scream 6 is coming out this week. Also, we're doing a Scream 6 review Feature our good friend Ken M, and that's going yep. on Patreon first. It will be coming out for free for all you guys during the week at some point, but uh, it is coming out for sure for patrons first. So if you want to get everything early and stuff, that's the best way to do it, and it helps support us. So I want to give them a big shout-out because our patrons are fucking awesome. That's right, I said it. Well, let's uh, stop putting ourselves over and start putting over the thing that people came to see, uh, came to hear. I keep, keep saying see. I wish you could see it last week when Diesel was gagging because, <laughs> trust me, it was, it was fucking... Beautiful. Mwah, chef's kiss. But let's get the show on the road, shall we? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Good Lord, the rain is finally over. Avatar 2 is no longer on the top five. Woohoo! Is it still in the top ten? Probably. It's still in the top ten, <laughs> but it's not out of the top five. But we can celebrate it's not in the top five. Uh, coming in at number five this week for its second week, Jesus Revolution with $8.7 million. Well, it's another second week and uh, doing pretty well, especially yeah. I don't think it got a ton big wide release. No, no. It, uh, it was almost sold out uh, last night when I went to see Creed. Yeah, I know. There was limited seating, but yeah. I, you know what? We live in a big area where they come out for those Christian movies. Yeah. And I, I'm not judging anything. and it, if you ever, if there's ever a Christian movie showing, usually they have less showings, and they yeah. always come out for yeah. them. So it's cool that they support them, and, and good on it. Like I said, the Kelsey Grammer's in it, so how bad could it truly be? It's hippies for Jesus, it looked like. Debuting at number four this week, Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaba to the Swordsmith Village. The anime fans are out. $10.1 million. And that's fourth? Yeah. Whew. But anyways, yeah, the anime fans coming out big and Demon Slayer's fucking great anime. If you're into anime and you haven't checked out Demon Slayer, I suggest so. Uh, dropping down to the number three spot this week, Cocaine Bear with $11 million. You know, hey, they had a great perform. They had a better performance this week than they did uh, prior. You know, obviously the opening week was good, but that week was a little rough. Yeah. You know what I mean? In between. Uh, for its third week, dropping down to the number two spot, Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania with another $12.5 million. Yeah, I didn't look up the percentages down, but it doesn't really matter. Let's be honest. Three weeks out in, in the culture we have now of the yeah. movie theaters, like it's whatever's new coming out. And literally, we have new movie after new movie after new movie. And speaking of which, that means we have a new number one. Number one with $58.7 million domestic only, Creed Three. Creed 3, which is the 3FN Movie Club review this week, obviously. So, cannot wait to talk about that. Diesel, what's got, what do you got upcoming in the theaters, though? Uh, coming up this week, we have, for you horror fans out there, Scream 6. Which we will be doing, like you just heard me say a minute ago. It'll be coming off our Patreon, but you will get that bonus episode also on this as well. What we'll be reviewing next week, the movie 65, starring Adam Driver. Yes, I'm intrigued by this. Like we said before, this is either going to be the greatest thing ever or it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm here to talk about it either way. Yeah. Also coming out next uh, this week is Champions, Luther the Fallen Son, I Got a Monster, 
and the ritual killer. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to go to see Champions. I just can't review it because I'm afraid I'll get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I was one over. I was telling these guys at the theater, there's a uh, new trailer for it. It was in the theater. And I love the fact that uh, the one kid comes up and hugs Woody Harrelson. And he's like, I'm your homie with the extra chromosome. <laughs> and I was just like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's not me making fun of anything because I I don't. But I just thought it was awesome. I was like, that's fucking cool. It's like It looks like a lot of fun. So I'll probably go see that with my wife just to have a little cutesy night. Yep. And then coming out the following week on March 17th, we have Wildflower starring Gene Smart, Inside starring William Defoe, and then the big one. You guys want to help me out with this? Shazam! Damn. Fury of the Gods. Yeah, that's right. That's the And that will be the 3FN Movie Club review for that week. So there you guys go. It's Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Can't wait to see what the uh, ending of the dying of the DCEU going into DC Studios is, because obviously this is one of those that's... Uh, the chopping block is here. Yep. yep. So that this is it pretty much. Although we have not gotten confirmation yet whether uh, Zachary Levy will be back as Shazam or not because uh, nobody fucking knows. But at the same point in juncture, we're just assuming that everything's getting Thanos snapped. Yep. All right, guys. It's time for your top three. This week's top three is your top three actors as athletes. There you go. And, of course, brought on by Creed 3. And my love for Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, yes, yes, because uh, you definitely like those behind the scenes of the UFC stuff with Jake Gyllenhaal for the new Roadhouse movie. Roadhouse. <laughs> Can't wait for that to come out because I'm definitely going to be putting that uh, family guy Roadhouse into the thing just so I can hit it over and over again. I'm just forewarning you when Roadhouse comes out, you guys might get a little annoyed, but that's okay. We'll all make, we'll all make it through it. I promise. Uh, so, so top three. And you know what? I, I'm really a big fan of like sports movies, as you know. And, but I kind of go a little different way on this, and I'm going to say a terrible fucking movie, but I once again, it's going to go by the logic for my number three. John Goodman literally is good as everything, including as Babe Ruth in Babe. Yep. Uh, the movie wasn't great, but John Goodman was great. And if, I, I, if, if Babe Ruth really was like John Goodman, he would have been a lot more liked by a lot of people. Uh, my number two pick... Oh man, that's a. I was d- debating like I had so much going into my head on who I was going to pick, and I was going to be like a smartass and pick Rudy because we all know I'm not a big fan of that movie any fucking way. But I'm not going to do that to you guys because I, I feel much. Um, number two though, Chadwick Boseman, uh, playing of course the legendary Jackie Robinson in 42. Uh, if you never saw that movie, I suggest going on and seeing it. Chadwick Boseman is phenomenal in it, and it's once in a lifetime movie. And my number one of all time, and it's because as I grew up as a, and mind you, two of all three of these movies are baseball movies. Mind you, I do love Any Given Sunday is one of my favorite of all time. But my number one, when I was a kid, there was a movie that came out, and it was called Field of Dreams. And uh, I was really into baseball. And, of course, Shoeless Joe Jackson, played by the late great Ray Liotta, was one of my favorite parts of that movie. Yep. And then later on, learning about the Black Sox scandal and everything else was phenomenal. So Field of Dreams is my number one. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, number three, I'm just going to put Adam Sandler. Pick one of any of his comedies. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got to be an athlete. Yeah, okay. So pick Longest any- Yard. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Waterboy. Uh, yeah, he's okay. got quite a few uh, of them. Happy Gilmore. Right, but I'm just saying, are you, I, we're just trying to get you to pick one. There you go, pick one. Of you want. Okay, anyway. t- throw out Tyson. Uh, Whenever he plays an athlete, gotcha. Yes. Uh, Carl Winth- uh, Weathers as Apollo Creed, obviously. Okay. And this one's the caveat, because I didn't realize it was just a movie. I, I went with the TV show. Yeah, let's TV side. Ed O'Neill as Al Bundy. The greatest quarterback in high school history. <laughs> in yes. high school history. <laughs> I gotta have an honorable mention for Ed O'Neill in Little Giants as a coach. <laughs> and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis was a little hey, bitch. Hey, hey, you watch how you talk about the Little Giants. 
Uh, coming in at number three, we are going with uh, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy in the movie Warrior. Great depiction movie. of UFC fighters without saying UFC. Uh, number two, we are going with Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed, obviously. Okay. And then number one. I don't know how they did it. Airbud. <laughs> Airbud is your number one. God damn right. That movie fucking tears at my heartstrings. Uh, I can see it. I can see it. Well, uh, great uh, top threes. If you guys want to send us the top three, go ahead and do that. Hit us up on social media. So let, let us know what you guys think. With that, we are going to exit Diesel's movie Triple Stuff, and we're going to enter right into... Welcome to... Three Fans Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it's now time for this week's edition of the 3FN Movie Club Review. Of course, this week we are reviewing Creed 3. And for any new listeners or anybody who forgot how we do things around here, uh, first of all, if you're a new listener, thank you for tuning back in. Also, thank you. But uh, just as a reminder, uh, the way we do the 3FN Movie Club review is the first half of the review is all spoiler free. So you do not have to worry about us spoiling the film. We're going to go through the spoiler-free synopsis of the movie. Then we're going to kick it right on over to like the budget of the film, who made the film, who starred in the film. And then we're going to give our spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle uh, re- you know, recommendation for the film. Then we'll take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll give you one last warning before jumping into the full spoiler review before giving our scores. So you have nothing to worry about. If you have not seen Creed 3 and you do not want the movie spoiled, you can still stay in and hear all of our spoiler-free content. Gentlemen, are you guys ready to dive in and talk about Creed 3? Oh, yeah. Well, as we always do, we are going to start off with the spoiler-free synopsis from IMDb, so... Man, I got a story to tell! All right, we have two this week, and uh, the first one, uh, the one that is actually picked up by them, is Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. (laughs) That's the movie I want to see. (laughs) Okay, so now let's go to the other one. After dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and family life. When childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damien resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he is eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. And once again, yes, Diesel, the IMDb one takes things in it since there's only two. It did take quite a bit for that one although that one was more detailed so i'm gonna go with number two if you're asking me which one i think is better agreed all right so creed 3 was released of course march 3rd of 2023 with a runtime of 116 minutes uh the budget for this film was 75 million dollars we'll talk about that more in the spoiler full portion and uh the box office for the film you said what the u.s was would you like to guess the worldwide total so far starting with you diesel Uh, i'm pretty sure it's right at 100 and ron 110 all right, Ron, uh, you were a little more off, but Diesel, you were almost right on. It's $100.45 million. Yeah. $100.45 million. 
Now that we know the budget, now that we know the synopsis, let's see who made this movie. Who made this shit? That's right. Of course, this is the directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan, who is also the star of the film. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as far as the director, this is it. This is his only film so far. Without giving a spoiler away, we won't say how he did quite yet, but... Michael B. Jordan is the first-time director here. The screenplay for this uh, film was uh, based off of a story, of course, by Ryan Coogler. Uh, Ryan Coogler had nothing to do with the movie at all this time around, uh, but, you know, he has written Fruitvale Station back in 2013, both the Creed films and both Black Panther films, yeah. as well as directed all of those films as well. Uh, he All that he had to do with this was the crediting of the story in the past, and I do know he was a consultant, yeah. but he did not write the movie. So the screenplay fell to his brother, Keenan Coogler, uh, who his first movie was Rachel from New York in 2019 and the only other movie he has written was Space Jam A New Legacy in 2021 and he has a partner in this Zach Balin and Zach Balin has only wrote, wrote one film other than this and that would be King Richard in 2021 so a lot of ice for hype but lots of uh, new people in the mix Michael B. Jordan's first directing both of the uh, writers two movies for one one movie for the other so not a very experienced group but that's not always a bad thing yep Next up, though, director of photography, he has all the experience that they didn't because it is Kramer Morgenthau, 73 credits to his uh, name, his first thing that he ever did. And you know, we don't usually talk about TV series, but I knew you'd get a kick out of this. The first thing he ever did as a director of photography, Diesel, real sex in the, the 1990s. <laughs> Remember those documentaries? Oh, yeah. He was a director of photography for all of those. Nice. So uh, next up, his first real movie, though, Synthetic Pleasures in 95. Oh. <laughs> Goes right along with real sex. Big fan of that. And did you ever see it? I was going to say, I was. Uh, there was part of me, it was like, it was probably a Skinamax movie and Diesel seen it. Uh, Small Wonders also in 1995. So that was uh, by the way, one of them was a sex movie, obviously. The other one was a family movie. Small Wonders was a family movie. Uh, are you confusing that with the one with Bridget the Midget? Uh, no, no, no. No, I promise you it's rated G according to IMDb. Uh, then there's like, he's he's done a lot of smaller things. I picked out some of the stuff that was more notable that we would know, and then also some of the things that are more notorious, if you will. Uh, one of the movies that I just actually suggested this for a watch for our good friends over at The Pint, uh, 2002's Empire. Starring John Leguizamo. Oh, nice. Remember in Denise yep. Richards? That's been yeah. a while since I've seen it. I suggest that as a review for them. Uh, next up, he did uh, Fracture in 2007, which was a decent movie. Uh, the Express in 2008. And then we got into some n n notorious films because he didn't do direct notorious, but he directed Thor The Dark World, in, or director of photography, sorry, for Thor The Dark World in 2013 and Ter Terminator Genesis in the same year. <laughs> They weren't shot bad. <laughs> then he was the DP for Creed 2 in 2018, and uh, he did The Many Saints of Newark and Spirited in 2022. Uh, Many Saints of Newark was 2021, technically. Yeah. So that's the, what he's been up to recently. So uh, mixed bag of reviews. And I like how you pointed out, they weren't shot bad. We can't blame him for yeah, really. Thor, The Dark World, or uh, Terminator Genesis. That's more on the writing and directing. Yes. Someone has to take the blame. Somebody, and he's going to take the rap right now because we're talking about him. All right, now that we know who made the movie, it is time to find out who our stars were. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Of course, your main star making his return to the Creed franchise is Michael B. Jordan playing Adonis Creed. You know, Michael B. Jordan started his career, and we've talked about Michael B. Jordan before, but I never really put it all together. In a movie called Black and White in 1999, he was then in Hardball in 2001. You remember the Keanu Reeves baseball movie? Yes. Okay. 
And then, of course, Diesel, I put it on the list just for you. The Wire in 2002 and Friday Night Lights in 2010. So he came off of two huge shows. And then he finally made his big break in the uh, movie world because it got a lot of critical acclaim, Fruitvale Station in 2013, before then being in one of Diesel's favorite movies, but a lot of people's hated movies, The Fantastic Four in 2015. He would redeem himself in 2015 because that was the first time we got a Creed movie in 2015. And then he would be the hero in Black Panther in 2018. Also, he returned for Creed for Creed 2 in 2018. Just Mercy in 2019 where he barely missed winning awards for that movie because that movie was really high on Oscars, especially for him as the star. And of course, his most recent film, other than obviously Creed, was Wakanda Forever this uh, in 2022. Yep. So. Uh, very big uh, things for one Michael B. Jordan. Uh, do you want to defend Fantastic Four here for a minute? He wasn't bad. He was actually pretty <laughs> good. And the dynamics between Thing and Mr. Fantastic was actually pretty riveting. So to all the haters for Fantastic Four, suck my dick. And Ron, what would you say about Fantastic Four 2015? Takes out Reed Richards with a headbutt. headbutt. Really? A guy made of plastic gets headbutted and gets knocked out. It's comic book physics. It works because it works. No, it doesn't. And what do you say to the end of every show? Uh, Fantastic Four just sucks people. There you go. Good job, Ron. Uh, next up, we had Tessa Thompson playing Bianca Creed, returning as Bianca Creed, obviously. Uh, her first movie was the remake of When a Stranger Calls in 2006. She was also in Dear White People in 2014. She would return to do the TV show as well. She was in Selma also in 2014. And then, of course, she was in Creed in 2015 and returned for Creed 2 in 2018. And then uh, between there, though, she made her debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Thor Ragnarok in 2017, she debuted as Valkyrie. And then she was in Annihilation in 2018 alongside Natalie Portman. And she then was in Avengers Endgame in 2019. And the most recent thing she's done, bef other than obviously the new Creed film, was Thor Love and Thunder in 2022. So Tessa Thompson making them rounds. I, I do like Tessa Thompson. I'm going to be honest. Uh, next up was the only newcomer to the uh, long list of stars here. And that, of course, was the man who played Damian Anderson, Jonathan Majors. And who is having a bigger year than Jonathan Majors? I, I say nobody. Uh, of course, he made his film debut in Do Not Disturb in 2011. Uh, he was also in the movie White Boy Rick in 2018. And then he broke onto the scene in Everybody's Hearts and Lovecraft Country in 2020. And, of course, he is the man who is portraying King the Conqueror and all of his variants. And he made his debut as King the Conqueror, if you will, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania in 2023 just a couple weeks ago yeah. so two movies in a couple weeks span for uh, Jonathan Majors and I think the sky's the limit for him it was great in this movie too I'm going to point out uh, next up Big shout outs as far as going through the long list, and then we're going to do some short lists as we normally do. But we, I, I have to give the credit to my man Duke Wood. Fucking Harris is in this movie. And I, I, you know what? I'm a big Wood Harris fan. So yes. I'm going to shoot it out there. Wood Harris started his, he didn't start in TV, by the way. He didn't start in any other avenue but a movie. He was in Above the Rim in 1994. Yep. That was his first acting role, period. <laughs> nice. uh, then he would be in As Good as It Gets in 97. He was in a movie with Jack Nicholson? Yep. What? Uh, remember the Titans in 2000? Of course, we remember that. He was then in Paid in Full in 2002. He was in one of our favorite movies, Southland Tales, in 2006. And then he was in what, Diesel? All five seasons. Unlike Michael B. Jordan, who only had one season run in this great show. This is Mr. Avon fucking Barksdale. 
of fucking The Wire. That's right. Uh, the Wire is in there, folks. <laughs> uh, he would then be in Dread in 2012, uh, which I've still never seen that movie. I've heard it's, decent things. But it's okay. I, I'm not it's better than that. the Sylvester Stallone one. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, next up, Ant-Man in 2015, which I know you gave a shout out to that when we did the Ant-Man of Wasp. I wish he was back for the new one. And of course, he's been in both Creed movies, one in 2015 and one in 2018. In between, he was in Blade Runner 2049 and 2017. And uh, last but certainly not least, the most recent thing he's been in other than obviously Creed was winning time the rise of the Lakers dynasty uh, which I still have to check out because yep. uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it so I can't wait to check that out but he's on it there and you know what I will go see anything that Wood Harris is in uh, I know Diesel's a big fan of Wood Harris as well yeah, Wood Harris is phenomenal all right let's talk about some other folks that are in the cast and I you know you know it is it's got to be what it is we can't talk about this movie without talking about Marianne Creed, played by the legendary Felicia Rashad. Of course, listen, we could talk about all the tons of things she's been in, but at the end of the day, she's one of America's moms of all time, Claire Huxtable on The Cosby Show. Yeah. I think that's enough said, but of course, she's been in the Creed movies as well, and I love her performance. Although I know that when we go into the spoiler full section, we'll be talking about her character in this movie, but... I still love me some uh, Felicia Rashad. Uh, next up, Mila Davis-Kent played Amara Creed. She hasn't done a ton of work yet. Of course, she's a very, very young uh, girl still, so there's a lot of time. She has been on the Sherry Show. She was in uh, the TV show The Resident. This is her first major motion picture. I thought she did very well in it. I, I was a very, I was a big yeah. fan. I can't wait to see more things coming out for her as well. And then outside of that, I'm just not going to go through the entire list. But there's there's a there's a bunch of people in the cast that are you know shoutouts to the cast because this movie is made up a lot of like all the other movies it's made up of a lot of secondary characters so i i really do appreciate what goes down but the main characters are what we're really focused on here because that's what drives this film at the end of the day with that that's the biggest tease i'm going to give because now it's time for the spoiler free recommendation so it's thumbs up thumbs in the middle thumbs down time remember spoiler free why after let's start with ronald what is your recommendation for creed 3 Creed 3 is one of those movies that, for the most part, is good, but there's just some things that just take you out of it. I give it thumbs in the middle. I, uh, it doesn't really add anything to the story, I, mean, I don't think. So, I mean, go see it at your own risk. If you enjoy the franchise, you'll probably enjoy it, but, you know. All right, good take there. Diesel. As someone who has been so high on this franchise, it pains me to say, thumbs down, don't even waste your time. Whoa, yep. he's come wow. completely different than the last time I talked to him. All right, well, you know what? Let's make it all different. Believe it or not, there was things I didn't like. We'll get to that. This is not the best uh, in the Rocky slash Creed universe, but it definitely is not Rocky Five. <laughs> That's for sure. So uh, I will say I'm still going to give it a thumbs up. I did enjoy what I think. If you don't care about it being spoiler, if you've already seen it, you're going to hear my gripes because there is gripes. I, I will say this, though. This is my lowest of the three Creed movies as far as my critic score. So th that pains me to say because I've been a big fan of this. And I'm also a Rocky fan. So the Rocky slash Creed universe, because let's be honest, that's what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm always a big fan. Big, big fan. So now that we've given out our spoiler-free section of the show, we are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we will jump in to the spoiler full review of Creed 3. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you should. 
show it I need you to know I felt it too And I'm still trying to figure it out Just like you Just like you Hey, my man. Can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. Oh, homie. You don't remember me, huh? Come a long way from bumming rides from your mom. Damn. Boy, you had, you had, you had me. <laughs> Damien. Just got back to the hood, stopped by the old gym, but uh. Yeah, we upgraded a couple years ago. Huh? See. Damn, it's 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 uh it's been a minute. Been a minute. Yes, and that was a clip from Creed 3. Of course, we are going to be jumping into the full-on spoiler review of Creed 3 here momentarily. So here is your final warning. If you do not want Creed 3 to be spoiled and because you haven't seen it and you want to go watch it before you hear us talk about it, this is the time to stop the podcast, come back after you've seen it, and then listen. If you have seen the movie and you're here to hear the review or you just don't care, want to hear the review and don't care about spoilers, then stay on board because we are entering the spoiler zone right about... Now, so spoilers are on the table. Let's talk about Creed 3. Uh, I don't I don't see a need to go through scene for scene no. for this movie because there's going to just be a lot of jumping around because this movie, to its credit, and I think one of the positives we can all say, is a pretty straightforward movie as far as how they set the movie up. One of my positives of this movie is they don't waste a lot of time up front initially showing you the entire history of Damien and Adonis. They give you a little, in the beginning, you get to see a little footage of Adonis when he was a young boy, sneaking out of his house, going to this uh, boxing club, if you will, with Damien, and you get the idea that, you know, Damien's this great fighter when they were both, you know, 16 years old, 13 years old, whatever it was. Yeah. They don't really say that they're in their teen years. Yeah. I know that uh, Damien's old enough to be driving a car. Yeah, Damien's a couple years older than Adonis, and he's a Golden Gloves champion. Yeah, so they're going to this underground fight club where basically... <laughs> Adonis is putting money on Damien, and they're kind of working the system to win. And uh, because Damien's damn good, yeah, damn good. Uh, so that and then they kind of cut it off where we get to see Adonis beating up uh, this older gentleman outside of a liquor store, and that's where they cut it off in the beginning. And we come back to it, of course, later. So I like how they did that because it just got you right in. Because then we're in South Africa, and we're getting a nice little boxing match between uh, Adonis Creed and uh, one of his rivals. And here we go, and we're right off to the races. And you get to see Creed Vision. <laughs> I don't know if I like that or not. Yeah, but it's one of those things. I was uh, during this movie. There was a couple times where we got Creed Vision, where it was almost like watching, you know, like I, the best way I could do is remember the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's specifically yes. the first one where like the bully's going to punch him and he's dodging his head and it's like slow. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I didn't like it overall. In, in the comic book world, it works in a Sports realistic movie? boxing movie. It didn't make that much sense. 
So Adonis goes on to become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And then we get the title card and shit. So that's where that kind of comes in. And we fast forward. They don't ever say really how much time. It's like two to three years. Uh, But they don't really give you a time because now he's just training people. He's retired. Uh, There's a new heavyweight champion of the world. Phoenix of Felix, who is one of his kids, is the new heavyweight champion of the world. And we jump right into basically him living parent life. Yeah, he's a parent. He's working the gym. He's got modeling uh, contracts. He's doing (laughs) huge outside of the world of boxing, but he's still in the world of boxing doing huge as a non-boxer now yeah so he's at the you know he goes to the when he goes to the office he basically goes to the gym <laughs> he's there with duke as they're training young boxers including the heavyweight champion of the world and then we get the scene that we played coming back from the clip that's it and mind you this is all happens in the first like 20 minutes of the yep. movie so it's nice we're already in we got an introduction to like them as kids now we got damien back they go to dinner uh you know and they they're having a little conversation uh damien puts a little bit too much tabasco on his fucking uh his steak <laughs> obviously showing that he's fresh out of prison needs that flavor i will give credit jonathan majors is a great actor and i uh, we, we keep you know shining about it because it's true yeah and he did a lot of cool mannerisms that you know from you know like any kind of like prison like he puts a lot of sauce on it when he doesn't have to he has his arm in front of his plate like guarding, yeah, guarding, guarding it. So, it, yeah. you know, because, you know, he's used to being in a cage. And we find out that he was in a cage for 18 years. Yep. <laughs> like off of a gun charge. Because basically, we find out that we, we find out a little more of the story. Basically, uh, the two older gentlemen that were with this guy that uh, uh, Adonis was beating up jump in and start beating up on Adonis. So, overcomes Damien and he pulls a gun. And as he does that, the cops show up. And that's, you know, over time, we'll just skip right to it. Uh, over time, the full story ends up being that this guy, Leon, used to beat Damien and Adonis when they were in a group home because we find out that that's where they met. They were both in a group home. And that, you know, obviously Adonis took it out on him. And then Damien just saving Adonis' ass because that's what he does. And then they both tried to run. And Adonis gets away. But Damien doesn't and goes to prison for 18 years. Yeah, stuck on a goddamn weapons charge just for <laughs> defending his little buddy. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, that creates, you know, the hostilities that would go into this movie. Of course, I, I like the fact that the, the relationship. I do like a lot of the, the relationship stuff. But I will say, and I know you're going to jump into it, so I just want to get you to hear you. The criticism that I do have, and I know that's one of your big ones, and I'm sure Ron will want to chime in as well, is the fact that they really never really make Damien hated. Yeah. Like you kind of actually at worst you feel bad for him. You might think he's being a little asshole about some things, but at the same time the dude was in a cage for 18 fucking years. And you know, when he went to prison, he was the best up and coming boxer. He's a gold glove champion. All the things that Adonis would eventually become because at the time Adonis was just this nerdy kid studying boxing and hanging out with his really good boxing friend. Yeah. So you could argue that all of the stuff that Adonis went on to do is what Damien should have gone on to do. Uh, so I know you're one of your big gripes, and I want you to jump into it here, is the fact that with, as they're building the story, they never really make Damien the bad guy. Yeah, it's really weird because Damien gets invited to the uh, label uh, launch party for uh, Mrs. Creed's uh, record label. Yeah. And he, he flat out tells her, you know, because he, he notices the woman singing and her mouthing the words like what's it feel like to have somebody sing your songs paralleling his life watching somebody live what should have been his life Mm -hmm. and then she says something about like you get used to it and he was like i never did yeah so you kind of start getting the seeds planted so there's some seeds planted of course obviously adonis gives him a job at the gym as a sparring partner for felix and he wants a shot at the world title is what 
is basically what Damien wants and yeah. thinks that his friend should get it for him. So continue. <laughs> yeah, Damien just wants one shot. You know, he, he, he wants to live out his dream. He did 18 years. Give me a shot. So also at this launch party, somebody comes out and attacks and bust up the hands of young Drago. Yes, because Drago is supposed to be getting a shot at Felix for the world title. So now we don't have a contender. Yeah, so we don't have no contender. So this is how we move the story along. We get Damien the title shot right away. So it's revealed, though, that later on when he's going through pictures, because Damien tried to maintain correspondence during his 18 years up with his little friend. Which his mother intercepts the whole time. So Marianne Creed has been intercepting all of these correspondences. So the big reveal is the guy that attacked Drago and broke his hand is one of Damien's boys. They try to make him unlikable and do stuff that's unsavory, but they really didn't need to do that. No. I don't. I, I, I'm going to disagree. I think that they try. They don't, I don't think they tried honestly because the problem is is they should have gone a little further. They really should have added some things in. Like even with that reveal, that reveal was fine to me. Like in hindsight, after we talked about it, but the problem with the reveal is they didn't go far enough. Yeah, that's why it wasn't needed. Right. right. Like, are they having him be like this like criminal mastermind? No, it was just bust up his hand. You could have written one of the fighters off any any number of ways. So. I get what they were trying to do, but they didn't go, like you said, far enough. Right. I, I get the Nancy Kerrigan. They basically pulled the Nancy Kerrigan yeah. on the arm instead of the leg because yeah. obviously a boxer needs his, I mean, they need legs too, but yeah. they need the, the arm a little more. So I get what they were going for, but they didn't go far enough. Yeah. You know, and like, let's jump ahead a little bit because I know that we both thought the person who came across looking like a heel in all of this is Marianne Creed. Yeah. His mother, because she's taken and she's like, I'm protecting you. But there was never a, a, anything in those letters that we saw or we got told about other than this picture, which she didn't know about until after the fact. Yeah. Or neither did and neither did uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan or sorry, Adonis Creed. Nobody knew about it because I, I don't even think his mother knew who did the attack. Adonis did because the person was arrested. Yeah. So he, only with this picture, but there's never anything in those letters that they show us or tell us where he was saying how jealous he was. For all we know, most of those letters were just, hey, man, I'm fucking in this cage. Hope you're doing well. I watched your fight with everybody. Yeah. They could have been because he, he seemed up to this point. That's how he was coming at Adonis is, hey, you know, like. You know, I watched you. I got to root you on, and, you know, I, I wish you would have fucking contacted me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's fucked up that you didn't. But, hey, I still rooted you on. I'm still here. Like, because up to a certain point, it still looks like, hey, I don't know. I, at some point, like, for no reason with that picture, they try to turn the whole story that uh, the whole time this is a big mastermind plan yeah. from Damien to take out Adonis. And it's like... I don't know if it's that way because he kind of comes back humbled hat in hand kind of in a way. Yeah, he's upset that he's not the world champion, but his friend then gets him the world title shot. I think his anger for for Creed is when he's in the ring celebrating the fact that he beats Felix because you get there that basically Adonis just blows him off. He's more worried about Felix than he's worried about his friend who he grew up with who went to prison for him, Yeah, you know, cheering him on. Yeah, so let's go to the, the Felix fight. So during the, the the boxing match, he fights dirty, but he does it in a way like the first time he makes it so he positions himself with the ref can't see what he's doing. 
does you know the the punch to the shoulder, which is totally illegal, but well, in, in the way it is, the, the the illegal ones that he did, and only in that match is when he kind of grabs the arm when they're clinched, and then he punches him on the underside. Yes, technically that's illegal, but there's other ones where he's just hitting him in the shoulder where it's technically that is legal. Uh, the only illegal things he really did was besides grabbing the arm and do that was obviously kneeing him in the thigh. Yep, which he didn't get caught for, and then of course he does the one thing right in front of the ref. He fucking elbow well, shifts yeah, him, and elbows- busts him open in front of the ref, yep, and gets yeah. two points deducted. Which doesn't matter when he knocks him yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. So for him to, you know, quote unquote, fight dirty against this guy, we, we talked about it afterwards. The Felix character had to be 100% baby face. He had to be likable. And he's not. He's not. His mother is hateable. Woo! Like, you just, you want to see bad things happen to Felix. You're just like, fuck this guy. So when all this bad stuff happens to him by the hands of Damien, you're kind of like rooting Damien on during this. Yeah, and, and what really confused me about this movie and bothers me, and keep and this is all connected together. That's why I, I kind of wanted to bring it up. And uh, Ron, I'd love to hear your opinion in a second. What really pisses me off about this is we've spent two Creed movies up until this point building up uh, Felissa Rashad's Marianne Creed as this staunch supporter of her son. Mind you, her adopted son pretty much yeah. yeah like this is he is the son out of a fucking uh he's an affair baby yeah he's he's an entanglement baby yeah. if you will <laughs> you know what i mean let's let's keep it there uh so like she but she's taking care of him and in return he takes care of her because you know she's getting on and we find out in this movie before any of this happens that she's had some strokes and that she's not in good fucking health and like she's been this strong person in his corner defending him like he was her his own fresh flesh and blood i mean there's a scene in this movie after they step on the fact that they make her look like the bad guy for holding these letters for no reason they should have given us a reason there because i feel like making her the bad guy looked terrible because we've spent this these movies with her being the hero if you will and like even when she's on the deathbed and she's dying and she's looking at him and she's talking to apollo and she says oh donnie took a care of me so good and you'd be proud of the man he is and you're just like man this is fucking emotional like thinking about it's emotional but you're like but you just painted her as the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are we going back to, like, why did we ruin the good character of Marianne Creed to then go, oh, we should be upset because she's dying? And, I mean, I was still upset she was dying because I'm I, I kind of, like, relegating the fact that they tried, like, it looked just, it, I don't understand it. Like, it was bad writing, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah it was really weird how they did that because she's had, she's had her stroke and she's talking to Apollo, but it's actually Adonis and saying that, through Adonis, he he's made me allow allowed me to forgive you. So that's a fucking burden to put on a goddamn kid <laughs> while his mom is dying. Yeah. Well, on top of that, it was very beautiful. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. beautiful. Uh, so, but I mean, I, I think that they fucked that up. How do you feel about the writing of how they kind of made her look like the heel, and at the, the same time didn't fucking full heel Damien anywhere yeah. here? No, there, there was no reason to do that because of like I just watched Creed One and Creed Two in the last week to catch up to this movie. And, like, the way that she's portrayed there, this is a total 180. Like, and, and there's no reason for it. Right. Like, and Dami having his, or Dame having his, they, like, you you like his character so much through this whole movie that you're just like, okay, he wanted a chance. Like, hey, hook, hook a brother up. Okay, yeah, he fought dirty. Get it. You know, he just got out of prison. Like, it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, he's a little rougher than most people. So be it. I mean... Let's face it, it's just what happens in most Rocky movies anyways. So, you know, like, the 180 turn on her, it's like no reason for it. Well, yeah, and here's here's what I would say. And uh, you, we like the fantasy book here. And it doesn't affect my scores at all because I understand that fantasy booking isn't going to change anything. What they really should have done in this is, whether that picture was there or not is irrelevant, they should have come up with some way where in those letters you find out she read the letters. 
they, you know, he's not good for you. He's trying to take your spot. He's lying to your face. And whether he believes it or not, that's that's something, you know, he could still fight with his mother about it because obviously that makes his character flawed, that he's not listening to his own mother. So you should have, first of all, done that if you wanted to leave that shit in. Secondly, you should have made, focused more on, like, the backhanded shit. Like, up to this point, up until other than him turning, uh, Adonis, I mean, turning his back on Damien at the fight, pretty much. Up until that point, there's no friction between these two characters. You should have shown something underlying. And I'm not talking about just, like, you know, like you said about the singing your song. And, uh, you, you know, I understand that. You know, whatever. It should have been a little more than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Does that make sense? He, he just spent 18 years of his life saving you from you attacking somebody else and then you have the gall to not send money to his fucking commissary and yeah. send him letters or give yeah. him a call yeah exactly so i through all the stuff that damien had to go through you find yourself being like no this guy is legit and you build up the villain to likable status and you take your hero adonis and be like wow he's kind of a dick Right, and they never really kind of make the villain the villain, and that's the problem. And I understand there's gray areas, and maybe that's where the writing was coming from. But in the world of this, we need to, you know, we know our hero's flawed. We've 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 been with Adonis for yeah. three movies. He's a flawed character, which every hero should be. This is the Rocky Creed universe. Rocky was also a flawed character, yeah. and that's what makes him a lovable character in film. That's what makes Creed a lovable character because they did basically they made you know the Black Rocky. Creed is the Black Rocky, yes. and, and and I love how they did it because in in having Rocky not involved in this movie was fine. I was fine with that, as we know. I pitched that he should have died in the second movie, or that the only scene would have when he was talking to him in the locker room should have been yeah. a ghost. You know what I mean? However, whatever it is, what it is. But this is still the same universe. Rocky and Creed are the same fucking universe, and that's how we've built these stories, and that's how we know the Rocky character and the Creed character are flawed characters, and they've done it great up until this point. And the problem that I have with it is that as great as they make him as a flawed character, and yes, he has the flaws here, they never give him the villain foil. And I understand in the second movie, Drago was likable to an extent, but he was also still the villain. There was things where you liked him because you found out that his mother fucking just basically abandoned him for the state. Yeah. You, you, you found out that his father, you know, tried his damnedest, even though he was a hard ass on him, he was still fucking fighting for his son. Yeah. Yes. And, and you, so you learn more respect for them. However, at the same time, he still was an asshole. You know what I mean? He still was trying to hurt yeah. our hero. Like, he, you know, yeah, he was, you know, there can be layers in grayness. However, you still, at the end of the day, have to be the asshole who's trying to hurt our hero. Yeah. And as flawed as our hero is, we're okay with him being flawed. Because that's what makes him Creed. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And at no point does that happen in this movie. Like, after the fight, um, Adonis goes down, talks to his mother, finds out that Dame's behind the attack on uh, Drago, goes down to the beach where they're celebrating his win, and, like, stopped by, you know, the security, you know, flashing him a gun, and Damon's like, no, no, put the gun away, like, come up here. Punches him once in the eye. That's the only time we see our our, our talks hero a lot down. Of shit. Yeah. He talks shit, and you know, Damien is like, "Look, I just did eighteen years for your dumb ass. I'm taking what's mine." All right, cool. Give me a villain. Give yeah. me a villain. Yeah, right. But they never really full force did it. That's the only scene where they make him a villain, yeah. which is the bad part. Yep. So then, you know, movie moves along, and Adonis announces on live TV that he's coming out of retirement. So, kind of clever, Lang esque. 
Damien calls live onto the television. Yeah, and talks shit about how he, you're a runner. That's all you do. You know you don't want a piece of this. And he's like, yeah, I'm challenging you to a fight. Because at this point, he doesn't challenge him at first. Yeah. He's just saying he's thinking about coming back to boxing. After Dame calls in is when Adonis is like, yeah, well, I want to fight you. And because I know whatever we have going on, that's the only way to settle it. And, you know, throwbacks to Rocky Three with Clubber Lang again. But when your Clubber Lang is spitting all the truth in the world, sort of like Clubber Lang did, you're, you, I agree with him. The difference here, and this is where we were ta- talking about it, if you're going to model after Clubber Lang, which would be fine, Clubber Lang was still a heel because, yeah, you can understand. Once again, the gray areas are fine. I, I don't, our, 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 he, our villain doesn't have to be 100% villain. Yeah. Because, you know, even the original, Ivan Drago, not a fucking full on villain. You know, even though he's the Russian that killed, you know, Creed, we find out that there's a lot of shit he goes through, even in yeah. Rocky IV. And then when you turn around, you know, Clubber Lang, like you said, there's, you know, he's from the streets. You know, he came up from nothing and now he's going to take what's fucking his because that is going to get him away out of, uh, you know, out of, you know, a bad situation the same way it did for Rocky. So you're kind of like on the same time, you're like, oh, this is kind of Rocky, only he's more braggadocious. And but they still did a good job of making him a heel because, yeah, you can have the gray areas. But at the same time, you know, here's a guy talking about fucking the other man's wife. Here's a guy who. Uh, you know, basically causes the death of the beloved Mickey. Yeah. Like I said, if you really were going in with Dame, one of the things that they should have done was at Marianne Creed's funeral, Dame should have shown up. Yeah. Maybe not when everybody was there. Maybe it could have just been when fucking Adonis was standing over that grave by himself. He should have showed up and said something to disrespect her and him because then he's a fucking heel. What's they set up for in the flashbacks because Adonis had to sneak out. So maybe like... You just write in that Damien didn't see Idaiah with the mother and disliked her or through someone's actions. Right. And that would have made him a better heel. Yes. At my point. Hence the Mickey. And you don't have to make it the same as Clubber Lane. But if you're going that route, yeah. let's do something to make him a heel. Let's get to the the montage was good. Let's be honest. The fight montage was good because we did basically just take it from Rocky 3. For the most part, updated a little bit. Because, you know, in Rocky 3, of course, to beat Clubber Lang, uh, Rocky's got to go get trained by Creed. Well, who does Creed go Does Creed go get trained by? Drago. Drago. <laughs> Obviously, Duke is there, but Drago's there to be a sparring partner and to push him to the next level, beating the piss out of him. And then, of course, when, when he gets him back, he's like, yeah, yeah. Good, good job. Good job. You know what I mean? I think there needed to be a little bit more of that, like showing what uh, Drago did, like in Russia, to the train, like the, the lifting the hail bit or whatever he was. Oh, like, doing the Rocky the, stuff. The, yeah, yeah. Like bit. I think there needed a little bit more of that. Like I yeah. understand, I understand where they were going with him punching the tree and all that stuff. I get it, but like they, I just think they needed a little bit more of that. I agree, but the only thing that makes me disagree a little bit is we went that far in two. Because remember, we have the scene where he goes down to the Mexican yeah. like dirt farm, if you will, and is is just basically like there's nothing. So I think like doing back to back, doing completely poor training, it just goes well. He just he just fucking did this. He yeah. did it to the last movie. But I agree with you. Well, I would have liked, but to see it was more. years later. He retired. That, that's right, the whole right. thing. Like you have to get back to the grind. I would li- I would have liked to see more as well. Yeah, like, like Diesel. Do the Rocky Four montage where you get to see because. He's still got the little scruffy beard going on at the end of the montage. 
where you know Rocky Four, you know he's got the full beard and Stallone, no homo, looks fucking like a goddamn god. Well, I'm gonna say this: <laughs> they, I, they didn't do the physicality enough for Michael B. Jordan in this movie. True, but they, he still looked good. And I mean, obviously, we got to see how good uh, you know fucking Damien looks in this scene as well. I mean, he looks amazing. Oh my god, the body work that Jonathan Majors did for this role is amazing. But I honestly <laughs> do think that the writers of this film and Michael B. Jordan directing this film were trying to not copy Rocky Three, but they were definitely taking cues from it because if you think about it they never give damien like the rich like place to fucking train he's still training in like a fucking warehouse he's still training by climbing ropes he's still it's still gritty and that's you know that's the clubber lane way you know so i think they were more borrowing for that for the montage as well although i would have liked to see a little more there is to begin with but then we get to the culmination. Like I said, we skip over a bunch of shit because, you, you know, you really... This movie has good drama scenes into it, but sometimes it's a little drug out. I don't think it was too god-awful long, I think, for what it was <laughs> because this movie is a drama. Let's be honest. The, you, there's, the only action is the boxing, but the boxing is built up for the drama as well. So it's not... That's the kind of movie it is. So we get to the main. We are at Dodger Stadium. Sold-out Dodger Stadium. Battle for Los Angeles. The baby. Battle of Los Angeles. <laughs> We have the, the, the chosen son of Los Angeles, Adonis Creed, returning to the boxing ring after three years of absence. And he's going to try to re- reclaim the unified, undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. And standing in his way, the young man that comes to you from South Central Los Angeles. Crenshaw, baby. Crenshaw, Diamond, Damian Anderson. Because that is that is his nickname, is Diamond. So Diamond, Damian Anderson, or Dame, if you will. Taking on Adonis Creed, and uh, I do. I still like the fact that they didn't give Adonis Creed a million and a half fucking nicknames like his dad. <laughs> Can I just throw out bad writing as well? Just hearing the name Diamond Dame doesn't really strike fear in my heart. No, I like it better when you say Diamond Damien because yeah. Damien likes a little more. But anyways, let's talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk about this fight because I know this is going to be one of the big divides. But before we get to the fight, I do think they missed an opportunity. They should have. They they should have at least given us one old, uh, you know, Apollo Creed nickname for the young Creed. Maybe he could have been the Prince of Monte Fisto. <laughs> oh yes, I, I would have been behind that. But anyways, uh, I digress. Let's get into the actual fight now. Mind you, I'm going to say this. The first bit of this probably some of the best fight choreography in a fight like right on point with the other two creed movies where when i think creed movies and boxing i think great fight choreography yeah. honestly they've been up to this point even earlier in this when we had like the the younger damien fighting even when we have damien versus felix you know other than the spider vision <laughs> from from adonis in the opening other than that part of it it was still very well choreographed and that's how the first Couple rounds of this fight go, and not full rounds. You know we're dramatic. You know yeah. dramatizing it. You know the. You know it's the it's the classic. You know unstoppable monster versus the immovable object. You know they're just go, they're going at it back and forth. But then what happens, Diesel? All right, so we get to the start of the third round. Camera focuses on our, <laughs> our hero Adonis. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the entire crowd disappears, and there's fog. There's clouds. We're clouds. in clouds. We're it in- looks like the Undertaker's entrance is all I'm saying. We go into full-on dream sequence in a movie. By the way, they're not dreaming. The fight is happening. The fight is happening, but it's it stops and the crowd's gone and you know they're punching each other back and forth and all of a sudden Donnie lands his back is not against the ropes, it's against prison bars. 
and then he gets the upper hand on Damien, and they're up against the the, the, the shitty pillow post from, <laughs> from, the, from the, the from the child's from home, from when yeah. Leon used to beat the fuck out of him. Like it's just this whole fucking dream sequence, which is not a dream. This is the actual culminating fight in the third act. So we get we get several minutes of this dream sequence, not a dream sequence, but of the championship fight, the culmination of this entire movie. And then when we come out of it, we're in the final round. We're in the twelfth round. They snap out of it. They're in their corners, and we're coming out for the twelfth round. And it could be. And we're explained to us is anybody's fight. It's nine rounds that we missed of this match of the ages. This one will go down in the history books as one of the greatest fights of all time. And they still look like they only got like the one little punch and one. And we saw none of it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we saw some of it from the dream sequence, which I'm assuming was going on in real life, but we didn't see. Like uh, like the other movies, we didn't get to see a lion's share of like really good boxing action. Yeah. One of the best things about the Creed franchise was how they handled the the fights. The Philly fight scene in Creed One is probably one of the best fight choreographed scenes of all time. The end fight where you know Rocky's like doing the tap in the back of his head for how many fingers is being held up is fucking beautiful. Like everything that happens in that. Going on to the second movie, the fights with Drago, the training, all that stuff. To have, for the first time in this franchise, it take this terrific, different directorial vision and just being like, oh no, we got to throw in prison bars. <laughs> it made no sense to the entire franchise. They threw in some artsy shit for the sake of throwing in some artsy. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's my opinion with it. <laughs> so we come out of this, we're in the 12th fucking round finally. And it's anybody's fight. That That is explained to us. This is the final round. It's deadlocked. You know, whoever wins this this round is winning this fight. Oh, yeah. Before the dream sequence, though, we have the great Wood Harris deliver the line. You're boxing him. You need to fight. Yeah. And that's what gets the dream sequence going. (laughs) So they come out in the final round, and it's just like... My problem is, like, when we talk about the Creed movies and the Rocky movies, too, because the Rocky movies final, you know, you got the classic Rocky one where they both go down at the end. You have, you know, him taking out Drago. I mean, obviously, there's a speech after, but, you know, when he finally, you know, gets Drago on the ropes, he's just punching him and he's coming down and raining it on him and he knocks him out. You know, it's like this this whole release. And, you know, in the Creed movies, as you pointed out, both of them have these great final fights. We're in the final round. It could be anybody's fight, and Creed just pulls it fucking out of, you know, guts it out. This fight, he gets in trouble one time in the 12th round. And I wouldn't <laughs> even say trouble. He gets knocked down, and he doesn't get up. And, of course, his wife finally goes, get up. And I don't know how he hears her, but he gets up at the count of nine. Yeah. And then, basically, we go to the finish. He basically then just, boop, 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 knocks him out. Cold. Yep, pretty much. And you're just like, wow, that was anticlimactic. Yeah, and the the disservice of doing the dream sequence, at no point do we ever see our hero Adonis behind. No, that's my point. It's just it, and after showing like how dirty of a fighter Diamond Dame could be, you to not show it in the final fight and then to be like have them be like, You're boxing, you need to fight. Yeah. You, there was no reason for him to fight. Like my Fox. favorite, my favorite part of it is Dame does one dirty thing to him, and and literally it's a throw line line. You can miss it, but literally Adonis goes, "Oh, you gonna do that? You can't beat me fair." And then there's no Nothing. more cheating. Like you're like, wait a minute, that's all I had to say. It's basically fucking. Basically, what they pulled was a fucking door of the explorer. Swiper no swiping. <laughs> Dame no cheating. Dame no cheating. And he was like, oh, man. And then he didn't cheat again. Like, what the fuck? Like, honestly, that is like, 
and this is a franchise I love, and I'm going, fuck my life, man. As soon as the dream sequence happens, like, I think every one of us sitting there in the theater is like, what, really? And we all were sucked out of the immersion of this movie, and you're like, ooh, I don't like this. And then they didn't borrow, so then you get to the end of the movie, the end, end. And, you know, Adonis is your undisputed champion. Hooray, Adonis. And so after the, the, the fight, he decides to go to Damien's locker room. And they sit there, and they that's it. They just have a little conversation, and it's all over. Well, well, first set it up, though, because, you know, obviously Adonis is with his entire family, his, his entourage. As he goes over to Dame's locker room, his two boys are leaving. It's Damien by himself. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you got to have that disparity between the two. All those people that were with him, they're gone. They're, they're gone. gone now. <laughs> and they sit down next to each other, and they have this little moment, and... Adonis finally mans up and apologizes for what he did, how he ran and then admits that, you know, I just, I never, like, I didn't contact you and it got easier not to contact you. Like, I just was ashamed of the fact that I didn't get a hold of you and then I forgot about you. And then Damien basically like, it's all good, man. (laughs) <laughs> literally like that's really what it is it's all good man we're, we're friends now we're good it, it we'll wasn't always your be fault bl- you were just we'll always kid. be brothers yeah it wasn't your fault man don't blame yourself yeah that's what he and then he and then of course Adonis goes wasn't your fault either man and you're just like wait a minute though <laughs> 18 <laughs> fucking years <laughs> I mean I, I, to be fair and I had this argument with you technically it was not Adonis's fault that Damien was in prison you know why because it's not his fault he couldn't run from the cops no 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 I, I, I take that like I remember when we were discussing this the only reason he pulled a gun was to save little Dottie's bitch ass. Right. but the <laughs> Because he, he bit off more the, than he could shoot. The fact that he couldn't outrun the cops is on him, man. He just got done in a fight. He was gassed, hey, bro. <laughs> dude, excuses are like assholes. Everybody got some. <laughs> he was gassed. Bro. Listen, listen I'm, I'm a fat dude, and I've been a big dude for a while, but if I had to run from the cops, I'll run from the cops. I'm just saying, if you're a fucking 14-year-old, don't fucking beat up on the guy that used to beat up you outside of the goddamn check cash. Because <laughs> his boy's going to have his back. Why the guy had boys, I have no idea. Yeah, but where, did, where did they come from? He was, he was walking yeah. out, of this, out of the convenience store by himself, was scratching off a lottery ticket. So it, usually that, you know. And he, he, he was a, fo- uh, a foster father of yeah. a group home. So it's not like he's like walking to like fucking <sighs> five thick fucking well, blood and crips. He's, he's, he's got gang members. Nah, nah. No, yeah. it was weird. I will say this, though. Like, it, going to the end of the movie again, what they should have done is they should have borrowed from like older Rocky films. And left it at the cliffhanger or done like, you know, the apology and that would have been it. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. don't give us all the thing. We can we can fix it in the next movie. Because if you think about it, that's why they did in Creed 2. In Creed 2 at the end, him and Drago, you know, give the little respect nod or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. But we don't know that they're cool until this movie. When, <laughs> they, you know, they, they see each other and they dap each other up, give each other a hug, and they're, they're, they're friendly. You know what I mean? Because the first time he even mentions Drago's name, he kind of sounds still like, oh, I got to deal with fucking Drago. So you're like, oh, man, they're still not, they're still going at it. Maybe the respect's there. But, it's, but then you find out, nah. But once again, the nice part about that is you left, you know, where you're heading. You didn't have to give us a, a, a the finish here, if you will. Right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Especially when that's not the final scene. The final scene is him in the boxing ring with his daughter. Yeah. That's the final scene. So you did all of that, and it's not even where we end the movie. It's not like the end of Rocky Three, where you know you have Creed and and Rocky in the boxing ring, and it's nobody else is there, and it's oh you ring the bell, ding ding, yeah. and they go for their fight, and they both throw a punch, and that's where we end the movie. We didn't get that shit. No, we got 
him and his daughter in the ring, which is fine. I get what they were going for, but I just don't think that that's the way you end this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you end it with him showing her no mercy and just punching her. <laughs> oh. You uh, want that belt, bitch? You got to work for that belt. Dude, I, I said this when she was messing with him when he was sleeping. I was like, oh, shit, that kid's about to get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Diesel. So y'all need to have your kids, have your wife, and have your husband because they're raping everybody out here. There you are, Diesel. The, the worst thing is she wouldn't have heard it coming. Oh. oh. <laughs> Foul. Foul. So as you all know from the first, uh, the second movie, she was born deaf, and that's a reoccurring theme throughout this movie, but it adds nothing, hence why it's not come up one single time during this discussion. <laughs> Dame picked up the, the, the sign language pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know. Overall, I think there's, you know, let's go in. Let's talk about some likes and dislikes before we move on. Anything else we want to throw there? I really do want to stress, other than the dream sequence, I did think the fighting choreography was good and on par with the others. The only two things I didn't like were the Spidey sense in the opening and then, of course, that dream the dream sequence, because that's all we can call it, in the main fight. And that really takes you out of a movie. And so I got to say those. But other than that, I thought the fight choreography was as good as it's been in the Creed film. So I thought that they did a good job there. Uh, as far as like the actual shooting of the movie, I kind of like what they were going for for like the structure of the film. I'm not talking about the story. I'm talking about the actual shooting of it. Yeah. Like a lot of dark, a lot of darker colors, a lot of uplifting, and then at the end a little more brighter because you're coming out of the storm. I get it. Kind of like what they did. It it did match what we're going for in this movie. Although the story is what I have a problem with. I think my biggest issue is that the screenplay for this movie was just kind of like okay, there's some really good things. And then they were like, oh, well, I don't know how we get here, so let's just not even address it. Yeah. And that's where we end up with not flushing out Damien as the villain. That's where we end up with kind of stepping on uh, Marianne Creed's death because you kind of come out of the, the situation where her and Adonis get into kind of a little yell fight, if you will, over the letters from Dame. You kind of get to the point where you're like, oh, man, I feel bad for Dame, and it was Marianne's fault, so she kind of becomes a villain in a way when she's been this strong nurturer yeah. the whole fucking series. Even though, yes, it still was emotional for her death, I think they took a little something away from it. And then on top of that, you end up with, like, you know, the one thing that we all bitched about it for uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, the secret. Why is this the Leon thing a secret? Like, at one point, I'm like, did he get molested? That's what I was thinking. Same because he was treating it like this big secret. No, he just whooped their ass. He whooped Dame's ass and, and Adonis's ass into becoming great boxers. Right. And I'm not saying I'm justifying it. It's not justification for beating children. But right. at the end of the day, as his wife even points out to him when he's whining about it, she says to him, well, it made you the man you are today. And you know what? Yeah, it sucks that you went through it, but that's why you got to talk about the past to let it go. But at the same time, I think we're in a good fucking place. <laughs> like she basically said, man up, bitch. I'm just throwing out there. Tessa Thompson, great. <laughs> oh. Anything you want to add? <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll just stick with positives because I'm very honest. <laughs> The fact that we all know the drama behind the scenes with Sylvester Stallone, he is still accredited as a producer because it is his characters and all that jazz. The fact that there is zero mention of Rocky Balboa in this movie. We don't know if he's alive or dead. I'm assuming dead because you would think like if you kill off, no, if you kill off Marianne, he would be at the funeral. So you have to make the assumption that he is gone. No, no. My assumption is he's in Mexico training the, the Mexican fighter for his Rocky movie he's making, allegedly. That's something yeah. that's out there. So yep. Am I lying? That's, yeah. that's, he said he's trying to make the Mexican Rocky. That's what he's doing next. Yeah. So kudos on them for having the Felix character because we already got a Mexican champion. So fuck that. <laughs> and, and to be honest, Felix was not likable, but he was pretty badass in the boxing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But they did not make his character likable. But, yeah. So the things I did like, yeah. Jonathan Major's outstanding performance. Yes. Even more so than as Kang the Conqueror and Ant-Man. Like, he blew it away at this role. Those are my positives. Real real depth. By the way, the character had an amazing amount of depth. Yeah, you want right. to add any positives before we let Diesel just say some negatives? Because I'm sure we're going to talk about that for a minute. <laughs> there, the one scene where uh, they're in the locker room with, for the first fight. That is, again, the fight. And uh, uh, Creed walks around the corner and they both walk towards the exit. But at the wall, they had the wall and they both yeah. stop. Like, that that scene hit me hard. Because I'm like, damn, that, that me, like that's the thing where you're like, you're, 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 like, you're like, he's not hateable. He's just been in prison for 18 years. Like, 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 he just wants his chance. You, like, you give him his chance, and you're giving it to him, and you're just, like, they see, and they stop, they look at each other, like, they know, because they're brothers. Like, that's the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, you can tell where the edit mark was, because they both walked at the wrong time, because then you couldn't see each other, obviously, but even if, like, it would have just been better if they both timed it right and walked out at the same time, which would have been great, but, yeah. you know, you can see that they edited, they went, it oh, still worked. Well, it worked for what yeah. it needed to be. I just thought that scene was very powerful. No, it was very good. I like that scene as well. Once again, that goes in. I thought this movie was shot very well, except for the dream sequence. But is that on the director of photography or on whatever shit was in the script? That all was right. all okay. on Michael B. Jordan. All okay. right, well, the director in the script. Yeah. All right, here it goes, Diesel. I mean, fucking, let's go. I I'm mean, not gonna. I'm not gonna go on a crazy rant. We've established all the things I dislike. So I don't need to play a rant alert no, here. No okay. rant alert. Like just the lack of motivation for characters' actions and. Really, the story suffered. There was way too much plot armor to just make leaps and bounds to get where we needed to get. And then they just failed at all of those points for me, like, so bad. And then to, for the first time in the franchise since Rocky's brain damage fucking visions of Clubber Lang and Drago, we have dream sequences that make zero sense. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's where I'm pretty much at. Yeah, it's I, I could go further. Like, the fact that the daughter being deaf, it added nothing to the story, which cool. I did like the fact that for having a deaf daughter, like, they went into full detail of, like, when the doorbell rings, it's connected to the lights yeah. so it flashes. That was pretty cool. But again, it didn't make any sense to advance the story. <laughs> True. Like I said, I didn't mind some of the smaller things as much as I, I like building the world. We've lived in this world. I don't think they wasted too much time yeah. on it. I mean, if I was going to cut time from the movie, I wouldn't even take out the small parts even because they didn't, you know, they might have not advanced anything, but at the same time, they didn't hurt anything. I would have taken out the dream sequence and maybe given us a montage. Like a proper montage. Uh, and there's a few other things I would have moved around. But outside of that, like, I don't really... Honestly, I was in a... The, the fact that this movie's two hours long did not bother me at all. Like, actually, just short of two hours. Yeah, it's, it's where this movie needed to be. That was yeah. perfect time. So even the small stuff, I like being in this world. Believe yeah. it or not, they've done such a great job in the Creed world. Yes, like I said, it's the Rocky Creed world if you want to go there, but... In the Creed world, they've done such a great world-building job over the past two movies. And even in this movie, keeping the, the world at least... You know what I mean? I just like living in that world. Yeah. It's, it's a nice escape, and that's what a movie is at the end of the day. So I, I do give them kudos for that. Well, now that we have uh, broken this movie down, now that we've given you our thoughts about the movie, before we can give our scores, we have to find out what the p folks around the internet are saying, so you know how we like to do that. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. 
That's right, it's time to play the game. Diesel somehow pulled off the win last week on the final question. Can he retain or will Ron take the crown back? The game is played simple. It is Price is Right rules. That means closest to the number without going over gets the point. Unless we come down to that all-important tiebreaker. And then that's just closest to the number because we don't do ties here on the 3FN Podcast. Gentlemen, are you ready? Ron, you are in a unusual position for yourself lately. <laughs> you are in the challenger slot, so you get to go first. IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give Creed 3? 7.6. Diesel. God damn it, in my head I'm thinking 7, but I want to give myself a little bit more wiggle room. I'll go 6. Diesel, you got 6. You said 7.6, Ron, and... Diesel gets the point, although he wasn't closer. It was 7.4 out of 10, but yeah, good round. All right, Diesel, you get to go next. Metacritic, out of 100%, what did they give Creed 3? Metacritic. Critics only, obviously. Yep. 57. Ron. 60. Ron's going 60. Diesel's going 57. He's giving him a little bit, but... Ron gets the block 74% out of 100. Way too high. high. <laughs> Way too high. All right, Ron, you get to go first. This is Rotten Tomatoes, and this is the critic score. So critics only on Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what do they give Creed 3? Oh, that's just going to be something stupid. 69. 69% Diesel. So I think it was started off higher. I think reality sunk in and more critics have seen it. 69 is a good guess. Nice. I'll give you a little wiggle room. We'll go 74 74, 69, and Diesel gets the point 87% out what of 100. I would never have gone that high. Nope. So, uh, therefore, the Diesel, two yeah. to one. You could win on the next question. Ron block it. And Diesel, you get to go first on this one. This is the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give Creed 3? The critic score is that high. I, I, 90. Ron. 50. Ron's going with 50. Diesel's going with 90. And... Diesel for the win! 90 on the nose. 96%. There is no way. It's way too early. That's got to drop. Because I I think the first screen is around like an 89, 90. Way too high. All right. Let's for funsies. Google users out of 100%. Ron, you get to go first. 98. Diesel. I was going to do the same thing and say 99 because holy <laughs> shit. But we'll go 91. 91. If you were uh, D- uh, Ron would be closer because it was 95%. Actually, they were under Ron Tomatoes score, which is uh, unusual for once. Well, unusual. Uh, well, now that we know what the internet is and these guys disagree uh, with it, it is now time to finally find out what our scores are for Creed 3. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, so well, first of all, we will be giving the nerd score, followed by my critic score, and the nerd score is a recommendation score. That is important to remember. It is a recommendation score. We use our critic score plus an entertainment score, which how entertained we were, to give you our best score for you, the viewer, to go see the movie or not to go see the movie. The scale is as follows. is a five-part scale. It's a one is a no. That means the movie is terrible and you should never see it. A two is you have been warned, which means the movie is not terrible, but it's also not good. So you've been warned not to see it. A three is, eh, it's good. This means it's an average to good film. Uh, there's no rush to go out and see in the theaters or buy it or anything. If it's on, you're not going to regret watching the movie. 
movie. However, at the end of the day, it's not something you have to go see. We call them non-essential, if you will. A four is Just Take My Money. These are the very good to great films. These are movies that you can feel free spending money on. Go to the theater to see it. Add it to your collection. You're probably going to watch it multiple times in your life. And, uh, you know, it's going to be something essential to go see. And, of course, last but certainly not least is The Rarified Air for the legendary films. And that, of course, is Certified Nerd. These are movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park that are, you know, they're heavy hitters. They're big ones. They're big deals. And these are ones you're definitely going to go see multiple times in the theater. You're probably going to go ahead and uh, add it to your collection and watch it in uh, actual rotation where you watch it every year or two or whatever. Uh, they're the classics, if you will. So with that being said, we will start with Ronald. Ron, what is your nerd scale score and why? I said scale. We already gave the scale. What is your nerd score and why, Ron? All right. So Creed 1 and Creed 2 are like Rocky movies to me. Creed 3 is like a Creed movie. So that being said, I've been fluctuating this in my head, and I understand I said thumbs in the middle, but I'm down to a 2 after all this talk. Ooh, I've been warned. There's just, like, it's two hours, yes, but, like, the first hour, you know, hour of it, it's just too many slow spots for me. Like, you, you go, you're just there, and it's just, like, this backstory that, you know, it's there, but it's, like, how much of this do you need? Because you're not building a villain. You're building somebody likable, but then you're just getting, like, is it supposed to make Creed look more like a villain at the end of this? It's, it doesn't really fit for me. I'm sorry. It's a two for me. All right, Diesel, what's your nerd score and why? All right, so as much as I love this franchise, Creed 1 is a hands-down 5 for me. Creed 2 is a 4 for me. This one, they took all of that and pissed it away. Right after the movie, I thought I was at a 3. After thinking about it this weekend and then I have this conversation, I'm also at a 2. Ooh, I've been warned. Yep, that's uh, anything you add? He's like, nah, I'm fucking done. <laughs> nah, I'm done. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be the guy that's a little, you know what, I'm going to be the more optimist of us. Um, I did say a thumbs up when I was saying it because, obviously, I do enjoy the franchise. I do not believe this is a waste of time to go see. Uh, with that being said, just because I say thumbs up does not mean it is uh, going to be a four or a five. It just means I don't think it's a waste of time to go see. This is definitely the weakest of the the, the, the series. However, there is some good stuff mixed in, but there's a lot of stuff that makes, makes you go, man, I wish they would have done something different. And at the end of the day, on the critic scale-wise, that hurts it. And there was nothing on the entertainment scale-wise to actually bring it up to make up for that on the other end like if we didn't have that dream sequence and we would have gotten a tremendous final fight i could have seen myself making the argument to make this a four and just take my money even if i would have given it a lower critic score i mean it would have bumped the critic score a little bit but it also let's say everything stays the same in this movie and that final fight was really really good and like we've gotten in the past movies I'm going to tell you right now it might have given i might have given it an extra half a point on my critic score and it would definitely be a solid a solid uh just take my money I'm going to be honest with you. And it would have not been like a just take my money on the high end. Because when you see my where my critic score is and what I just said, you would understand it would just gotten there. But with that, I give it, you know, obviously I'm giving it a three. It's good. It's good. It's good. I do. I did enjoy it enough to give it a three. I didn't feel like I wasted it. I like the fact that it is 116 minutes, so just under two hours. We'll call it two hours. I thought that they did a good job of going through the movie. All of the problems I have in this movie with story writing and decision. Uh, literally, like I said, other than the dream sequence, the fight choreography was tremendous in this movie. Outside of that, it's really just story writing decisions that made it come down to not being a just take my money, which I've given. Everything's been above that in this yeah. series. 
Uh, with that, my my critic score for this movie, I'm giving it a 6 out of 10. So it is an above-average film, but it's not a groundbreaking above-average film. So if you noticed, I would have been in a 6.5, maybe a 7 if that fight scene would have made up for it. So 6.5 or 7 would have put it at that lower end for me on the uh, just take my money scale. But this is just going to sadly go, it's a little bit above average. It wasn't like I, I, I wasted my time. But I can't tell you the next time I'll watch Creed 3. I quite honestly, I may never ever watch it again. And I'm not saying because I hated it, but I may not watch it again. So that's the definition of me at three. I don't think it was, I, I didn't get mad leaving the theater. We had a good conversation. We had a lot of fun. And even during the weekend, I'm like, I'm not mad about the movie. So that's why I didn't go down to a two. Usually if I get mad about something, that's where it starts coming down lower, in my opinion. I'm just going to wait for someone to edit all the Jonathan Major scenes together and I'll watch that on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. Hey, son, you got to do what you got to do, man. You got to do what you got to do. Well, that is going to do it for our review of Creed 3. If you would like to give us your takes and opinions, you can always hit us up on the social medias. If you want any of that social media information or any information about the 3FM podcast, including the Patreon link, show links, uh, friends of the show, musical directory, or sponsor links, any of that stuff, visit 3FNpodcast.com. Ron, I believe you have some business to attend to. One out of ten stars, full of sound and fury, significing nothing. Cut about, uh, cut about an hour out of this middle of this Harry Potter, and you'll have a pretty decent little movie. As is, it's a bloated mess. There's no heart in this, and no characterizations. It's just product f- real for all the special effects companies that worked on it. One out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks, people. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the 3FN Podcast. Next week, we will be back with our 3FN movie club review of the movie 65 plus there'll be a bonus uh scream six one out there sometime within the next week or so as well but 65 will be the next week's show proper so until then for myself for the rest of the guys i say take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later nerds later oh i'd be his son any day of the week